Welcome to the Bridge Beyond English podcast. This is an English podcast that will help you expand your creative thinking, global awareness, and cross-cultural communication so that you can connect with the world. I'm your host, David Nagai. In the book Culture Maps, Aaron Meyer outlines a chart with eight scales that explain some main characteristics about cultures. If we understand what they are, we will be able to compare and contrast different cultures. This awareness can help us see where differences between cultures can lead to miscommunications, conflicts, or collaboration. Now, I'm going to introduce or explain and summarize each of the eight scales. If you want to follow along and read the text version of this episode, you can click the link in the show notes or visit this blog at bridgebeyondenglish.com. Okay, so moving ahead, here is a basic explanation of each of the eight scales that are in the chart. Also, following my explanations, there will be several images, several charts that you can easily look at to see the differences between cultures. So that is at the blog and it makes it very easy to compare and contrast. So I highly recommend checking that out. Okay, so eight scales. Number one is about communicating. So this is about direct versus indirect communication. On the left side, we have low context. So what is low context? Low context is where communication is considered to be good when it is simple, direct, and clear without any nuance or hidden message. This means repeating main points is seen as valuable for clarification. So that's the left side, low context. On the right side of the scale, on the very far right side is high context. A high context culture is where communication is considered to be good when it is nuanced and indirect. People should read between the lines to understand the deeper message that is being implied. So left side, low context, right side, high context. Low context, direct, high context, indirect. Okay, number two is evaluating. So evaluating is how feedback is given. On the left side, the far left side of the chart, we have direct negative feedback. 
Negative feedback is given directly and honestly without additional positive comments. Sometimes this feedback is given publicly. On the right side of the scale is indirect negative feedback. Negative feedback is given gently and diplomatically. Positive comments are also given in order to make it easier to receive the negative feedback. This type of feedback is given privately so as to avoid embarrassing the person. Number three, leading. This is about how leaders lead. On the left side is egalitarian. There is not much distance between a boss and the team. The boss is seen more as a facilitator and everyone can communicate freely and honestly. On the right side of the scale is hierarchical. There's a lot of distance between the boss and the team. Communication must follow set structures to show respect for people higher up. Number four, deciding. This is about how decisions are made. On the far left side of the scale is consensual. Decisions are made by the whole group agreeing. On the far right side of the scale is top down. Decisions are made by one person or small group, usually the boss or top leadership. Number five, trusting. How trust is built. On the left side, we have task-based. Trust is built through doing business activities together. If you work hard and do quality work, this means you are reliable and trustworthy. Relationships may form quickly or end quickly depending on if work is being shared. On the far right side is relationship-based. Trust is built through social activities and events more than work activities. These relationships take longer to build and are often deeper than task-based relationships. So an example of this is going out to dinner or having drinks after work. Okay, number six, disagreeing. This is about how people deal with conflict. So on the far left side is confrontational. People face conflict directly through direct words or debate, but the relationship remains strong. So conflict is okay. On the far right side, avoids confrontation. Disagreement and debate are viewed as negative and should be avoided as much as possible. If there is a confrontation, it will hurt the relationship.
Number seven, scheduling. How time is managed. On the far left side, we have linear time. The schedule must not be changed, and people must always be on time. It's best to focus on one thing at a time. On the far right side is flexible time. Schedules can change if necessary, and it's okay to be late. The focus is on flexibility, and many things can happen at the same time. Okay, and finally, number eight, persuading. How people persuade other people. Okay, this one is a bit tricky, and actually, in the charts that are included, there is no definitive, precise information about this. We actually don't have the information. Now, I think it's because it's a bit complex, and some cultures. Are sometimes on the left, sometimes on the right, and it depends on the context. So this one's a bit tricky. So I'm going to read it, and we can think about it, but don't worry too much about it. Okay. So this is persuading how people persuade other people. On the left side, you have principles first. So people are trained to explain the theory or context. Before their final conclusion or opinion, in emails, presentations, or reports, it's better to start by composing a theoretical argument before stating the conclusion. On the right side is applications first. People are trained to start with the main conclusion, facts. Or opinion before they explain the theory or explanations. In an email presentation or report, it's better to be clear about the main point first, and then give more details later if necessary. Okay, so once again, this number eight persuading is probably the most complex and the most nuanced. So we won't spend too much time worrying about it at this point. Now, if you're following along on the blog, you can see the Japan map below. So it's very high context on the right. So communicating is very high context and nuanced, and evaluating very high on indirect negative feedback. And leading is very far right, hierarchical. However, it's very, very far left when it comes to consensual decision making. So the whole group has to decide together to make a decision. So that helps me, as an outsider, as a foreigner, to understand. Ah, that's why it takes time to make decisions. So things don't go so fast because everybody has to have a side meeting before and harmoniously agree on the same thing. Okay, next is trusting. So to build trust, you must spend time doing things for the relationship. 
like eating together, drinking together, spending time, and over time build a stronger relationship. That makes a lot of sense. And disagreeing, of course, this is very high to the right, so Japan avoids confrontation because harmony is one of the most important values. Okay, and the final one, scheduling. Obviously, Japan is very punctual, very on time, likes to, likes to follow the structure and the, the, the schedule, so very far left. And that's where Japan can have conflict with countries that are very flexible with their timing. So we'll see that in the following charts. So with the following charts, I'm not going to make comments about everything. I'm just going to highlight a couple of main observations. So first we have the chart with Japan and the United States. And my main observation here is that Japan and the US are almost completely opposite in every way, except they share quite a lot of similarity with scheduling. So being on time. But even that, I'm pretty sure that Japan is still quite a bit more on time and likes to follow the schedule. From what I've seen in business, uh, Japan, uh, Japan is often a little frustrated with the American side regarding schedules and timeliness. And the next chart is Japan's neighboring conflict countries. So this includes Japan, China, Korea, and Russia. So I thought I'd include these because it just highlights how uniquely different Russia is regarding negative feedback and confrontation um, especially, and how Japan is very different regarding decision-making. But in some ways, all the countries have some similar right-side tendencies, as you can see on the map. And of course, at this point, if you're not looking at the blog, <laughs> you won't understand what I'm saying. So it's not too late to go look at the blog. All right, the next chart is Western cultures. All right, so this is not every Western culture, but some that Japan has a lot of connection with that are included in this uh, tool. So I included the UK, Australia, New Zealand, Germany, the US, and France, and of course, Japan. And what we see here is that Generally, Japan is the farthest right side with uh, high context, indirect negative feedback, hierarchy, and relationship-based, avoiding confrontation. The two things that are very to the right for Japan in comparison to most of the other Western countries is how decisions are made. So consensual decisions. So again, decisions will take longer. And also time, uh, scheduling, linear time. So that's where 
the only country that is more focused on time than Japan on this chart is Germany. <laughs> and the next chart we can take a look at is Southeast Asia and India. I said and India because India is South Asia. So we have Malaysia, Indonesia, India, the Philippines, Singapore, and Vietnam. Basically, what's interesting about the combination of these countries is they're all very far right, and maybe India is the farthest right, uh, so it's the most flexible and relaxed in many ways and, and most nuanced. Um, I guess we have Singapore. Singapore is a little more westernized. We have the, the British influence uh, so that, that is maybe uh, the farthest left overall, but we have a few outliers or few, a few very strong ones. Again, with the decision-making, Japan is very extremely far to the left, uh, and Vietnam is close there as well, but not compared to Japan. And then Japan is also the most punctual. Uh, Singapore is not too far behind. But I guess my point is Southeast Asia and Japan and India, uh, they have a lot, of, a lot of things in common regarding cultural communication preferences. Okay, and the final one I want to take a look at just because I thought it would be interesting is the Middle East region. So this is not just the Middle East exactly, but it's the whole region around the Middle East with the countries available for this tool. So they include Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Kuwait, Egypt, the United Arab Emirates or the UAE, Turkey, Israel, and Tunisia. So I secretly wanted to plug in these combinations because I was curious how different Israel is compared to a lot of the Muslim countries. So all of the countries are pretty strong or very strong Muslim uh, Islamic countries. Then Israel, of course, Israel and Palestine are a complicated issue. But if you look at the chart, everyone is really far to the right, especially the uh, most of the Muslim countries. Tunisia is a little bit more to the left, but basically on the right side, Israel is very far left, very opposite to everyone else in that region regarding direct negative feedback and egalitarian leading and pretty different with consensual decision-making and very far left, very extremely different from the others regarding confrontation. So that's very interesting. So in a region that has historically had so much conflict and division, I just find that quite interesting to see the cultural differences. And of course, it's much more complicated than that. But culture is always one factor. Okay, so I hope you've been able to look at the blog to see all the charts because 
without seeing them, it's <laughs> very difficult to understand what I'm describing. So if you want to see how any combination of countries uh, is different or similar regarding this framework, you can visit AaronMeyer.com and just for a few dollars actually, you can purchase, at least for 24 hours, you can purchase uh, access to measure different country profiles. So check that out if you want. That's AaronMeyer.com. And the, the hope here is that if we can observe the differences, the different tendencies of different cultures, when we observe huge differences on certain scales, on certain aspects, if we're aware of that, then we can consciously try to adapt and adjust to the other culture in that regard. So we can be more culturally aware and sensitive and we can collaborate instead of have miscommunication and conflict. So I hope it's helpful for you. I hope you can take a look more at the charts and think about your culture, maybe Japanese culture, how it relates to some cultures that you work with on a regular basis. So once again, if you want to see the charts and you haven't yet, you can go to bridgebeyondenglish.com or click the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I'm your host, David Nagai. We'll see you next time.